and welcome to part two of the uh, annual Don Matrick Memorial Laps Gamer Radio. <laughs> Best games that we played this year that didn't necessarily come out this year. The title gets longer every time I say it and I never write it down so I can't remember it. Extravaganza <laughs> part two, 2023. <sighs> Lads. Origins. It's the home stretch. Origins. <laughs> um, it's the home stretch. We've yeah, got some yeah. honourable mentions to run through. We've got some dishonourable mentions to run through. And then we're running down our number twos and our number ones. And then we're done. And then we can get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. and enjoy the last few days of 2023. Mince pies and brandy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And get our 2024 uh, list oh, oh. ready. And start what? Start playing. Start playing some fucking games. Ready for the the next one. Yeah. Um. No preamble this time. We said all we had to say about this year's the quality of games, the the horror of of uh, the layoffs and other bits and pieces. There's nothing. There's no news. There's nothing else we need to talk about. This is just this episode is purely though. about games. Except it's just a. Well, we, yeah, there's yeah. going to be a little bit of negativity, but then mostly positivity. We're going to go on at length, possibly, possibly not, about the games that we played that we really loved. <laughs> but first of all, we have some disappointments to get out of the way. So, Andy. Yes. Dishonorable mentions. Right. First one, GoldenEye Remastered. Um, I know GoldenEye is a classic. Um, Which GoldenEye are we talking about because oh, they yeah, released because it quite they different. did two separate releases that were very different yeah, yeah. this is yeah. the one that came out on the Xbox and the um, mm. actually this is a 2023 game bloody hell Not me. holy old. shit <laughs> 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 this is the I think is this the only time you've ever played a current year game I've might have been it's been a while with a caveat that this it, is this is why andy doesn't play current year games because they're shit this is it <laughs> but but even when he does play a current year game it's a re-release of like a oh yeah, game. yeah definitely. <laughs> or a warhammer game yeah yeah well funny enough no warhammer games this year all lego games funny enough weird i know when um, space marine 2 comes out that's going to be a uh, real tough decision for andy isn't it uh, have to wait two years and then play it <laughs> <laughs> Until it's perfect. That's it. Um, yeah, so it's GoldenEye Remastered. I think it, it came out on the Xbox. It was on Game Pass um, as part of it. got added to the Rare Collection and it was on the Nintendo, but without Nintendo had the um, multiplayer. Oh, Microsoft didn't. Had a single player. Yeah. It, for, you know, like, seems to be a remaster. Just some of the level design choices in it is just really really old school there's no little help in it it was just it one of them i think one of the pain in the ass moments was you trying to meet this one of the spies i can't remember who was his name oh one played by robbie called train no no yeah. um sean bean's character and mm. you had to trigger like the this little scene and it just wouldn't trigger it. It just would not trigger whatever I tried. It wouldn't trigger it. I had to look it up. Really, no, no, still not trigger it. And you just had to be in a certain place at a certain time to eventually trigger it. It was just shit like that. We just thought, oh, come on, tidy it up a bit. 
you know, so it was just stuff yeah. like that. Um, and the other one was the sequel to a number one of of mine, Doom Eternal. Um, hmm. Yeah, this was just we talked about on a previous podcast, but great shooting, great mechanics, great monsters, great guns, traversing. Fuck off. Just get rid yeah, of it. Out it of took Doom. a lot of lessons from the first one, but then it just overreached with that 3D platforming and kind of the way you got to swing about and do stuff, and it just became that little bit too difficult to control, and it just yeah. that was it for me. It just lost yeah. what it, the original Doom had. The original Doom had just a, a perfect flow state, and this introduced a lot of speed bumps in the way. Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't just like jumping from platform to platform. It was also a jump then hit this warp hole that would transvert, traverse you to this other warp hole and then you'd have to jump to this other bit that was going to collapse and then you had to jump to another platform that would collapse. Oh, and then, you know, shoot this little switch and then jump through and you're like, okay. It smacks of some developers <laughs> who are very good at Twitch gaming. As yeah. in, not as in on, on Twitch, but actually having very quick lightning reactions and... yeah. I'm 46. I can't. I can't do stuff like that nowadays. Right? No. You know. I just want to shoot shit. And it's such a shame. I know. Because, like you say, the rest of it, they've learned a lot of lessons and pulled over some really cool stuff from the original Doom, and it was just, yeah, yeah, it too much. Like, tough to get on with. Yeah, so mm-hmm. those are my disappointments um, of the year. Yeah. It's a shame that because I would, you know, if. That had just been a little bit easier, a little bit more, uh, yeah, intuitive. Then yeah. you know, I'd, I'd, that might have been on my my game of the year list, but yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, mm. they recognised so it because there's mechanics that mitigate that. There's a mechanic that mitigates the traversing that if you do it a certain number of times, it'll just trans- transport you to where you meant to go. Um, they've mitigated the difficulty of the um, enemies as well because it'll give you a special suit after a certain number but it's random I don't know whether you have to die five times on these jumps or ten times you know it happened to me yeah, once in the game it's not is it no so yeah. yeah Doom Eternal get out of here <laughs> get in the bin yeah um Chazzy uh, thee and me have the same yeah, let's, dishonorable let's mention. Let's, uh, let's combine let's fucking... by our piles combined. Come on, let's put I the think... boot in again. Can I just say, I would have put this on my dishonorable mentions, but mm-hmm. the problem was <clears throat> I went into it expecting it to be shit, so I yeah. don't feel like it can I'm be I'm not saying it was a me. surprise. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a surprise. Mm. It's uh, it, but it doesn't make it any less disappointing. Yeah. For the amount of time and effort that goes into a game like that, and for it, let's let, well, let's let's say what we're going to say. It's Starfield. For the amount of time and effort, and the t- the the team and the, and the you know the head honcho behind that game, you would expect it to be at least serviceable. Um, and I can't even say it's that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I just, you know, I'm quite happy to jump into a space game. I'm quite happy to jump into a, a Fallout style RPG in space. 
but to be just hunting around in menus dumped out into a you know a procedural level that has hardly anything in it exploring around then to have to go into a menu into a menu into a menu to get anywhere the combat's okay but just like i just everything felt so sterile and boring and lifeless Mm -hmm. and just oh it was just the one of the most tedious things i've ever played and you know, when I'm un- uninstalling it after like three days, there's definitely something wrong with the game. You know, it's just there's there's yep. no hook in that game whatsoever. It's, it's absolutely bonkers. That yeah, I, I, I fully agree. It, but... It's um, in a lot of ways, it is an improvement over previous uh, Bethesda games. It looks better. I won't say it runs better because at least at launch it was mm. unstable as shit on PC. Apparently it's a lot better now. There's been a recent patch, but uh, too late. Nobody's playing it anymore. Hmm. Um, graphically, it's 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 better. Um, you know, a few technical things. The shooting feels better than it has done in previous Fallout games. Um, so it's better in those senses, but in a lot of ways it feels like a massive step backwards because like there's been no there's no um innovation at all in the engine or the sort of things that you're doing but the way that they structured the game means that it feels less somehow mm-hmm. um with the exception of the admittedly very fun shipbuilding program like uh aspect like uh playing lego to build your own spaceship that is fun unfortunately cool. once you built your ship it's just a glorified like it, it's just a loading nothing. screen. It's I just was loading say, screens. There's literally nothing to do with that ship, though. You just you never fucking fly it, it apart from yeah. in orbit. You, you do get to fly it when you're in orbit for some disappointing space combat, and that's it. And then the rest of the time, it's everything's handled by animations or loading screens. It just feels like um, a few I mean, it's a Bethesda game. Like, what did we expect? Together. Yeah. But this is the thing. It's like it's not. It's not been like that in the previous Bethesda games. I started playing just as a point of comparison because uh, yeah, you introduced me Nick to um, Up Is Not Jump, yep. um, who's done a very done lots and lots of like really really good videos on Bethesda games, specifically the Fallout series, but also Skyrim and uh, um, I don't know if he's touched on Starfield yet. Um, no, not yet. Okay. Um, and then I watched another video uh, uh, yesterday that really exp- explained, uh, explained it really well. A guy that I'd never seen before called Nakey Jakey. I think we might have um, watched the exact same video in like the last couple the of one days. About I watched that today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really good. And like, and he pointed out, and it, it, like, and I, I played some Skyrim, and it's like he, like he's, he's fucking right. He's absolutely right. Like, Star uh, Skyrim is a janky old game from 2011. It's kind of ropey. Uh, character animations are bad. Visually, the actual environments, everything are really nice and whatnot. But the fundamental, like moment-to-moment gameplay, is fun, despite all of the like the bugs and jank and whatnot. Because you go from point A to point B on foot. Uh, you can't even yeah. fast travel there because, like, uh, you haven't discovered the, the place yet. And, like, you go to the place and someone says, gives you a quest to go off to somewhere else. And then on your way to that quest, you'll find, you know, five or six really interesting things to go and check out. Yep. And in Starfield, there's none of that. No. There is none of that because you just 
you select a planet from a menu and you go through a loading screen to land there and then you select your landing point then you go through a landing screen to land there and then you get off your ship and you go through a landing screen to get off your ship and then you walk around an empty barren planet with nothing to discover and pick up a like a, a quest where you literally have to fly to another planet somewhere else and relay a message i think that's the yeah. thing about starfield though which is what you just touched on, Bethesda games historically have been enjoyable in spite of the jank. Yes, because yeah. there are you have to travel around through the world. Even like Fallout Four, for all of its misgivings and for all of its story issues, mm-hmm. the core the core of that game of going through the the world and discovering it is interesting and and to some degree fun. Mm. Yeah, that's in spite and of even all the jank like- around it. Even like the, uh, even though like the main storylines in Fallout Three and Fallout Four fucking sucked. Yeah. Fallout New Vegas is beautiful. Mm. Still love that game. Um, and Skyrim, the main quest in Skyrim fucking sucks as well. Side quests in all those games were interesting. Yeah. The side quests in in Starfield are fucking boring, um, and they don't make any sense. There's a bunch of competing factions. And you can go through and do each of their quests to completion, and it has absolutely no um, there's, there's no repercussions with you for the other factions. So you can go and do work for the pirates, and then like the space cops will still talk to you. That's kind yeah. of the, the the other thing that annoyed me about Starfield is having come off playing an incredible RPG that lets you I don't want to say do en- anything, but Mm-hmm. It gives you far greater control than any RPG I've ever played, which may or may not be one of my one or two number best game of the year. Mm-hmm. Starfield, when it claims to be an RPG, it just has none of that. Like I went no. to a ran- random um, place on a planet that I landed off, walked into a building. No one knew who I was. They just started shooting me, and my only option was to shoot them back. There was yep. nowhere in there where I could talk to them or try and, you know, uh, deceit them or, you know, say, oh, I'm here to, you know, check your maintenance or whatever, so I need to get mm. in. It was literally just, they see me, so they're hostile. There's no dice. Because that's what they're type, programmed you know, to do. Starfield is not an people. RPG in yeah. an RPG sense. It's an action-adventure game with leveling up and perks and character trees which effectively is pretty much any game these days every single fucking game triple a has xp levels character trees and perks it's not that is no that no longer in 2023 defines an rpg like it used to no it's a um it's a bad first person shooter with a very very thin rpg veneer on it yeah and like and the stupid thing is, is like the the uh, the being able to uh, atta- approach missions from different um, or, uh, approach situations from different avenues, um, and like picking factions and stuff, having actual you know uh, repercussions on the storyline, having actual you know um, a tangible effect is something that has been in the games before because yeah. it's in New Vegas. And yeah. Morrowind? Obsidian knew how to do this. And, like, um, I mean, it, it's it's in there to a certain extent in um, in Skyrim and, and Fallout 3. I can't remember Fallout 4. But, like, in New Vegas, if you, if you like, buddy up with, uh, with, with Kaisar's Legion, then, like, the NCR are going to be hostile to you and vice versa. 
Um, uh, it's I don't understand. It's fucking dumb. It's it's dumb. I don't. We should stop talking about this before I, my blood pressure gets any higher. <laughs> it's a celebration. Um, uh, Nick, what was your, what was your dishonorable mention? Um, <laughs> so other, other than Starfield, which I've already said, like technically, I'm not even going to put it in there because it wasn't worth wasting my breath on. But I got no. I got angry about it anyway. Uh, Sable, um, man, what a disappointment! I was so hyped for this game. I played the demo a couple of years ago when it came out uh, and thought it was beautiful, sort of cell-shaded, uh, half-frame animation. Uh, it was excellent. Uh, the demo was like the first area, and then it kind of finished. So the first area where you sort of get your hover bike and build uh, build your hover bike and do a few sort of startup quests, I thought, this is really nice. Can't wait to see where this goes. Unfortunately, the answer to that was to a barren wasteland of nothingness. A bit like Starfield, really. Um, there was just absolutely nothing to keep me interested um, in that game. There was I had a vague quest line that I had to go and find f- do. Um, I did a few quests and missions and then got wandering the landscape again and thought why am i even doing this is like there's some pretty landscape but there's nothing else to this game it's a beautiful game art direction is incredible but the gameplay is just non-existent mm. mm-hmm. such a shame there's yeah. um there's only so far like uh vibes can take you yeah <laughs> vibes again. in art style yeah <laughs> uh, and apparently it's it's not that far yeah <laughs> although lovely soundtrack Lovely soundtrack and everything, yeah. um, and like I say, the, the 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 opening, the starting area is great. It's really tight. You actually have a sense of progression that you're doing something. You have different quests to do stuff. You're learning everything, but then it's like they spent so long honing that one area, they kind of forgot about the rest of the game, um, mm-hmm. or had to like throw it quickly together, and it's just not great because of that. So unfortunately, no. Starfield is my dishonorable mm-hmm. mention of the year. Did oh, I say mean, Starfield? I mean Sable. Yeah. <laughs> if you want something that's got uh, that art style but has like a kick-ass soundtrack and the gameplay is really, really good, then just go and play Rollerdrome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played a few hours of that since it dropped on Game Pass and it fucking slaps. It's really good. Um, all right. That is the end of the negativity then for this episode. Yay! It's all positivity Ooh. from here on out. Oh yeah! It's smooth sailing. It's all smooth sailing now. Ooh. Let's do our honourable mentions, Andy. Yes. What what games do you want to? What do you want to mention that didn't make it onto your list? Um, oh, I'm a top ten. There's only really one. Um, Super Frog HD on the PS3. This has been taking a little while to play, but me and my daughter managed to complete it this year. Just a fun little game. Um, right, we it's a bit floaty at times, a bit slippy. But we enjoyed ourselves going through all the traps and finding out all the ways through um, the levels. Fun little platformer where you are rescuing the um, princess from the witch. Um, where the, the, the end of level bosses were quite easy compared to the levels themselves. But yeah, fun. Nice little game, especially the HD version. Um, nice little graphics. Fair enough. Sweet. Yeah, mate. All right, then, Chatty, what are your uh, honourable mentions then? Oh, my God, you got a few. Yeah. 
I've got a few because <laughs> I, I forgot we were doing a top five, so I had a top ten. And uh, yeah, I've got a few. Uh, so Final Fantasy 16, the game that's more cutscene than game. The beautiful cutscenes, and then uh, and it's actually a very entertaining story for as far as I got to it. But there's only so much smouldering that I can that I can take before uh, you know it it just gets a bit much. You know, just it's um, interesting that they've changed the, the the fight mechanics to a more action RPG, sort of more Witcher style. That is really good. Um, mm. But those moments are short-lived. You will do five minutes of combat for every forty-five minutes of cutscene you watch, and it was just getting a bit much for me. So it was uh, almost went on my dishonorable mentions. Wow, but, this is uh, you going to insult Ben Starr like this? Well, this is it, right? So the reason it isn't on my dishonorable mentions is because. There is a level of quality here that I can appreciate. Love the music, love the acting. Do mm. enjoy the, like I said, fully enjoying the story. I just wish there was a little bit less of it so that I could actually play the game rather than watch it. But um, yeah, it's a game that I was really hyped for and is only just about keeping its head above water for me, which is a shame. And I would, when it, when I want to play final fantasy 7 remake more than i want to play this then that says something um but as an honorable mention like i say if you're in for some if you want to just you know watch an amazing story that is full of mad qtes and just like bonkers combat occasionally then yeah it's a, mm. it is it is a good game it's just you've got to be up for that and when i started playing it it just wasn't just wasn't quite there and it's it's such mm. a shame because like I said Final Fantasy was like it had me hype for this game and it kind of it's taken a back step from there and it's such a shame because it, it like I say the story and the cutscenes and everything are brilliant so yeah but um, yeah so just off the list for me uh, second Fair. game um, is Smash Brothers for Wii U my son and I and my wife who does not play video games um, have been absolutely battering Smash Brothers for a good six months now. And I never understood why Smash Brothers was any good and I always thought it was a bit of a joke. And then the three of us had three GameCube controllers and my son screaming at me and my wife screaming at <laughs> both of us. And we're cursing each other out because Pac-Man's incredible or... You know, Peach has done such and such. And yeah, it was just, it's just been... Because Kirby is a cunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. The stuff that's been coming out of like my son's face, you know, it, it, he's not been swearing, but he's, he's definitely been putting the smack down and kind of, you know, you look, you're a loser, you're a loser. You know, all this kind of stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just been so much fun for the whole family. And I, I totally get why people are into Smash Brothers now. So, um, yeah, I'm glad uh, I can eat my words on that one. Um, next one, VR game. The Last Clockwinder. A really mad game in which you have to create robot clones of your of your actual physical movements to make chains to... Well, like, let me explain the first level. 
I had to get some fruit from one end of a level to a bin in which you then pump a handle and process the uh, the fruit in a, in a factory. Um, but to get it from one end of the level to the other, you can't just walk along with it because the fruit will rot before it gets there. So what you end up doing is creating clones of yourself that are robots, but they can record your actual movements. So I was creating these mad chains of like, uh, one robot picks the fruit, throws it in the air. I then walk to the other side of the room, cat, create another robot to catch that fruit, deposit it in the bin, and have another robot recorded pumping the handle to process the fruit. And that's just like the first level. And then it goes exponentially mad from there. And you create these mad... Like there's one where I had to go through a series of like a library where there's bookcases in a way. So you can't throw things over the bookcases, but you can throw things around the bookcases. So I'm then taking a fruit, throwing it behind me to another robot who then sort of throws it behind him, but round a corner to someone else who catches it and then passes it through a, through a bookcase to someone who then deposits the fruit. Uh, and that is all done with my actual physical movement, you know. So I'm having to get to all these different areas and work out the chain. And it's just incredible. And it has, it's very much like Ark Smith, the uh, mm. VR game that I was playing from the Biffle Company, um, in which it's that got that kind of arcing narrative going through. Um, and best way to describe it is there's, there's a, the, the, clock winder you're in a clock tower and you're having to power this clock tower to do something i won't give away what that is but um you're using all these robots to kind of facilitate that and somehow some small child comes turns up in a crate at one point and you you all the um story is given to you through uh cassette tapes that are hidden around all the different various parts of these factory facilities that you're in, in this clock tower. And um, so you're constantly just going from one area to another, loading in and out, because it's all done in one space, but the space in the middle, you pull a lever and it literally loads the level in and out in front of you. So it disappears and the factory disappears and another factory comes back up in its place. A bit like, Mm. you know, like Titanfall 2 where they're building the houses. Yeah, Imagine yeah. having that house just appear from underneath you every yeah. time. Yeah, it's just one of those games where it could only be done in VR. The The mechanic of just recording your movements is like when you stand on the top of the balcony and look down and you look at all your different movements playing out is just like just fascinating. And like, and it has this lovely like sort of um, found story going through it as well, narrative, and um, yeah, just absolutely adore that. So yeah, so it would have been, again, on my list if um, if I'd had a longer list. And then last two, yeah. um, Atari 50, the best, the best video games museum you've ever played. Every Atari, like it's just got a bunch of Atari games um, in one package, but not just dumped in there for you to play through. This, it, starts on a timeline from the very first game Atari make. You play that and it unlocks all of... It's got video, documentary stuff in there. It's got um, 
everything that's ever been like every piece of paper that's ever been recorded you've got business like their first business card from atari um like all kinds of photo galleries and and advertising you know scans from advertising and then you just go through every single one of the games there's a there's a, always a documentary with it a load of gallery stuff backing it up plus you get to play the game itself and then on top of all that they've also um created new new modern versions of certain games or like or brand new games in an atari Ooh. style and like the, just the whole thing as a museum piece is incredible Ooh. and uh what digital eclipse are doing at the moment between that the cowbunga collection and uh you've got the karateka um uh museum game that they've made they've made and they've got the uh jeff minter they're doing one on Jeff Minter. Yeah, um, I saw the trailer for that. Just the, the archive yeah. museum like side of that whole thing is just incredible, and you should that just one looks, get into it. Um, the Jeff Minter one looks really good because it's like, uh, like a part uh, remake, part like documentary. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's literally a yeah. documentary game. I it's the best mm. way I can like a museum is the best way I can describe it. A museum mm. game. It's mm. yeah, what they're doing is something a bit so special. So you'd um you'd take this over like rare replay. Oh god. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Because okay. ima- imagine you play the game, like you play the game in rare replay, but then yeah. after you've played it, you can back out and then just watch a 30-minute documentary on like or a 10-minute documentary on the, their thought processes on certain parts of the game or why they decided to make Ooh. it or Look, all I'm hearing from you is that you don't like Viva Piñata and that's, oh no like ba- oh, that's if they, bad if, and wrong if they if they if they've added the the kind of archival side to if re- there was a Viva Piñata documentary then you'd I'd be banging into it yeah like I I love right. I love that that rare replay collection <laughs> but this this just does something special yeah, uh, yeah, yeah no no yeah, no, 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 no it's doing no, something different. It. And then yeah, yeah and then the last um, last game of they go. Sorry, there's um, I've um, patched in another ten games, haven't they? I saw in yeah, they've patched in another ten games literally week. for Christmas. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all Atari games, so they're all absolutely shocking. But there's a couple yeah. of little gems in there that I, I, I you know, who hadn't uh, like Vector Sector is um, is incredible and that really holds up. And uh, yeah. Lunar Lander as well, like trying to land a little moot, like a little. Literally, lunar lander on the the surface of mm. the moon, just using thrusters like the left and right trigger as thrusters. Like it's just mm. so basic, but oh my god, it's addictive. But yeah, so no, it's an it's an incredible package, and like if you can find it cheap, somewhere, get it because it's brilliant. Uh, and then the last game is a game called King of the Castle, which is this kind of mad, again, sort of off the back of Crusader Kings. This was a game that I saw on Twitch, and it's uh, like a. Do you remember Reigns? That kind of like uh, yeah. swipe left, yeah, swipe right. Swipe left or swipe right card game. Imagine thing, that yeah. sort of yeah, expanded yeah. out into um, a series of vignettes that you have to make decisions like the, the presents are revolting. Do you, A, um, you know, send out the troops? B, try and reason with them? C, throw out cash, right? So it's all these, um, deci- you, you, it's a multiplayer game. So you end up, you have the, the, I don't know, four factions, and then you have four leaders who are playing the game. But what was amazing was the fact that this was being played on Twitch, and each faction can have um, a hundreds of nobles. 
that own mm. certain lands and states within your kingdom. So essentially, like say you had 150 in the in the green team, 150 in the red team, 150 in the uh, p- players in the blue team, and everything you do has to be voted on by the nobles, who are the Twitch players, and they get to basically make decisions on the decisions you're making, uh, and they may vote with you, they may vote against you, they may screw you over, and yeah, playing this kind of game where it was like like there was like well i think it ended up being about 800 people all playing this game and essentially like how like dictating the outcome of what was going to happen and who was going to do what and who was going to you know take over whose kingdoms and yeah it was just it was just a brilliant brilliant experience and one something i've never had you know play just just seeing that all these like people vying for trying to get votes from other councils and other nobles on other factions to push through their, um, you know, uh, their their farming scheme and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it was just brilliant, and it's just mm. it was just a mad game, and um, yeah, a lot of fun. But it it can be played from like I think eight people up to you know eight hundred, nine hundred. Yeah, it's just incredible, and it's a it's a it's a mad little game that I got involved with, and I was really really impressed with. So yeah. Well worth um, checking out if you if you've got a bunch of mates. Then that's it. That's all. That's what all if you don't to? have a bunch Sad of mates? Don't have any mates. Well, this is the yeah. problem. That's that was <laughs> the only problem with it is that, like, that that's why I was playing it on Twitch with like hundreds of other people and like, yeah. someone who's a dedicated streamer. But Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, glad to hear you have friends. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> All made up, all, all virtual, mate. All, all made virtual. up. Ooh, Other than yourselves. Um, right, I'll run through mine then quickly. Uh, my honorable mentions. Um, I've probably got more than two, but these are the two that stood out to me. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. Didn't make it onto my list because I haven't finished it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had, it might have cracked the top five. Ooh. I think it probably would have cracked the top five. Um, based on it so far, let's see if it sticks the landing. I'm only about halfway through the story. Um, it might not stick the landing. Um, but like on top of just the absolute like ground up changes, like the the complete glow up of uh, Cyberpunk 2077, like the the complete transformation, what it's gone from when it launched to what it is now, uh, it, with the drop of just one. Um set of patches even without dlc the verse the 2.2.0 um they have subsequently dropped another patch 2.1 which has added a bunch of more stuff in there as well Fun. new vehicles the ability to go and like physically ride the subway uh and stuff like, a whole bunch of stuff like the you know increase the immersion um and whatnot um even leaving aside all these massive drastic changes that's made um phantom liberty is an improvement on on um every aspect of 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 um cyberpunk in terms of like how it tells a story and how it structures its quests and the things that happen during the quest and the sort of places that it takes you to and the variety of the things that you're doing it's fantastic every single cyberpunk quest in the main game so the dialogue based uh talking to people or you would be you would have to like shoot or stealth your way into a place get a thing get out that was pretty much the 
the sum of all the missions in Cyberpunk. Um, in Phantom Liberty, there's a whole bunch of like really, really interesting quests, including one of my favorite things that games do. Um, Hitman's done this. Dishonored's done this. A bunch of games have done this, and I love it when it happens. And that is infiltrate a party and go and hang about in a party and talk to people and find out some some useful information like that sort of like social stealth like hiding in plain sight um in a large social environment and just like uh, it's brilliant um the characters are fantastic idris elba's accent not the best which is a shame because i mean the man was string a bell he can do a great american accent it feels like he just couldn't be bothered for this one i don't know mm. which is weird because he's obviously not being lazy because his his motion capture performance is incredible um but i don't know the accent's a little bit off but that's, that's a bit weird but apart from that um it's it's fantastic but like i said i'm only about halfway through it so i can't in good conscience add onto the list because i don't know the second half could suck for all i know from what i understand it doesn't <laughs> like all the reviews have been mad good um but we'll see we'll see based on the first half incredible nice and the other one is um uh back from the dead battlefield 2042 um Ooh. my old work colleague matt who is a battlefield freak uh he messaged me um a uh every night he makes like really fun um highlight reels on youtube uh usually in call of duty where like he's killing people and he captures their like their audio uh of them being super salty and complaining and puts it together in a, in a highlight reel, and they're always really fun. And he sent me some clips of him just absolutely destroying entire squads in Battlefield. And I was like, why are you playing Battlefield? I thought the game sucked. And he was like, yeah, no, it's good now. It's actually good. I was like, okay. Uh, and if anyone, uh, he's super, he's like, he's very sensitive to when Battlefield is good and when it's not. So if he's enjoying it, maybe it's worth checking out. Downloaded it because uh, it's on the AXS. Um, and before I'd played four hours of the 10 hour trial. And at that point I'd been like, this sucks. And I turned it off. Um, <laughs> going back into it, it's fucking good. It's really good. Um, like I can't quantify the, you know, list of changes they've made because it's like, uh, it's just lots and lots of cumulative things. There are lots of changes they've made over the last couple of years since it came out. It's in a really good position. It feels good to play. Um, they they've still got the operator system but they've gone in they've they've changed it around a bit so the operators are locked within um your traditional assault medic support engineer sniper class um um you know um class roles mm. um the new maps are the, the new maps are good um bringing back all the classic maps is like a no-brainer because everybody loves those um it's just it's just it's in a good place it's in a real good place i've had a lot of fun playing with um nice. again I'm, I'm just glad to see this back from the dead um cool <laughs> yeah welcome back battlefield uh i don't think it'll ever recover fully uh but the the player base is is there and I, I mean i it took I, I was getting into games in in just in seconds and they were always full mm. like full 64 players aside um matches uh so they're good nice nick hi what's your what is your honorable mention i've got two to be fair 
I think. Oh, you only listed one. I did. I'm being snake eye. Um, Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I think, it, like I say, um, it was in, in your top five, Mark. Um, yep. What a great game. Really, really fun. Um, and yeah, just nice to see a sort of original-ish game in the sort of rhythm action space i think mm-hmm. um more of that would be nice there was like a metal game wasn't there meant like a metal first person shooter metal that had some singer. rhythm elements yep metal hell singer that's the one yep. um but yeah really good and I, I like i say came out of nowhere so so very good uh um the other one is a game that i have enjoyed a lot but just not put enough time towards to actually put it into any sort of positioning which is diablo 4 um i think you've said everything there is really it's it's diablo i really like diablo games um Mm -hmm. and this is a good diablo game in spite of what it is people will say i think i might I, i might be special and unique in the fact that i never played diablo 2 so i don't understand well, I don't understand, but I don't have the the rose tinted glasses nostalgia for Diablo two yeah. like a lot of people on the internet do. No, um, for for me, that most of that time of my life was spent playing Unreal Tournament instead. So I was more of an <laughs> FPS guy. Um, Hell yeah! But uh, and then Morrowind and all of that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I came into it with Diablo three on launch day. Era thirty seven crew over here. Um, and yeah, I've I've enjoyed Diablo games ever since and. Yeah, it's a good one. I've just not had enough time to put towards it in the past few week, few months. So um, yeah, didn't feel like I could put it on on the list mm. anywhere. Fair. Fair enough. All right, that's it. That's all of our dishonorable mentions and all our honorable mentions. Let's get into the meat of this. Let's run down on a uh, number twos. Andy. Yes. What was your number two game that you played in twenty twenty three? It was part of the Kawabunga collection, and it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the arcade game. Um, nice. Just a lot of fun. Played it with my daughter when we were in Ireland. And just fighting through various bad guys, Shredder, or Minions, Rocksteady, Bebop, and all these. Wave of nostalgia, but it, it's just such a fine game. The controls, the powers, mm. you know... I haven't played Shredder's Revenge with the latest one, but this one's just, it is really good, and I'm looking forward to play the others on this um, the collection, and so is she. Yes. The great collection, just honestly. Pinpoint. I bought it for my son, uh, this collection, yeah. and um, literally, this game, the arcade game, is the one, it's literally the first game he's ever finished on his own. You've got, yeah. the, you know, you've got infinite credits, and you just let in, and you go. And it's yeah, yeah, it's just a blast from start to finish. You know, yeah, the reason is, that that's kind of endured over the over the years. It's just you know, it it yeah. it is the beat 'em up, but that all other beat 'em ups, other than probably Straight as a Rage, uh, it's this mm. and Straight as a Rage, Straight as a Rage Two that kind of everyone compares their beat 'em ups to. Yeah, it's one of the Konami highlights, isn't it? Of their mm. era, it's like you know, it's. There was a number of games that they released, X Men and Simpsons and stuff, but Turtles, I think, it was probably like like their pinnacle yeah. in terms of these beat 'em up games. And 
you know, there's, there's going to be a few more. There's a V, Mega Drive, Hyperstone, Heist and yeah. stuff to come. But, it's got uh, Turtles yeah. in Time on, on that collection as well, and that's up there with this. Yeah. 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 So that's well worth playing as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. You might see more on my list next year, but um, yeah, Turtles, mm-hmm. the arcade game, and on addendum, go watch the new film. Absolutely brilliant as well. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be good. Been a Turtles heavy year in this house, so. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, shall we hear from. Uh... Our friend in the Great White North. What was his number two? All right, let's tune in. Number two. Jusant. Awesome climbing game by Goat Nod. You don't need to know anything else. Go play it. Have a feeling it might be on other people's lists. Um, Super minimalist. Great um, storytelling through the environment. Not going to spoil how it does it. Go play it on Game Pass if you don't have Game Pass. I'm sure it's on other places and not too expensive. That's great. I've got this downloaded. On, on, again, game I didn't get to this year, but I'm expecting it to be near the list. It's in my top ten. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't quite squeeze it into the top five because it's just so many, just so many um, fantastic games that come out this year. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, I just wish it was longer. No. Uh, I loved it so much. I wish there was more of it, and there's really not many games that I can say that of, uh, to be honest. Um, in fact, the only other game I can think of that I played this year that I wish there was more of was Tinykin. To be honest, <laughs> oh yeah, um, I say that because I felt that one was a bit too short as well. Uh, uh, yeah, um, Jason is an incredible game. Uh, well worth checking out. It's on it's on Game Pass, right? Isn't it? Game Pass. Yeah, yes, well, that's where I played it. Yeah. Um so if you've got Game Pass, go and play it. Really yeah. good. The back end came out back end of this year and it's um it's been that back end of this year at the moment is just punted out a load of decent games all at once and it's Oh yes, it has. To, yeah. To yeah, too to many to play to you. Too many to play. Yeah. Um Alright, Chazzy. Hello. What's your number two? Hi Fi Rush. Hell uh, yes. Lot higher Ooh. on my list than than you guys. Um, this is the game that I needed this year that I didn't know I needed this year, if that makes sense. Um, real throwback to the kind of Dreamcast Blue Skies, just just outright fun, stupid arcade um, action, but also with with a really interesting twist of the uh, like rhythm mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. But the rhythm mechanic, what I like about this game is it doesn't punish you. You can play this game with button mash and still get through the game, but you get more out of it if you hit everything on the beat and in time. And that's what I love about this game is it doesn't lock you out. It still lets you proceed. Um, Like like we said before, it it shadow dropped. Um, Was a real surprise, but then... Normally, when you get those games, they can either be a little bit kind of, oh, right, they've done that for a reason. Or, in this case, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Like the, anima- like, the animation in this game has blown me away. Like, everything that's going on in the screens, that kind of, like you, like you said before, Mark, in, in the last episode about, like, it being a Western anime influence. Um, mm. 
really lot of humor i really loved like i i like personally like the the characters and and the, the way they're written uh i find them very funny mm-hmm. really interesting level designs really like i say it is a bit of a throwback to a kind of ratchet and clank in some points and uh it should be noted actually just really before we move on although it does have what it feels like you know western sensibilities in mm. terms of its story and, its, and everything like that Tango Gameworks are a Japanese studio. That's what I'm saying. They're a Japanese studio, yeah. right? But that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. It's just that, but it's really refreshing to mm. have that kind of like. It's just so well balanced. I think that's yep. that's the bit that I like about it, and 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 it's just fun. And when you get into the boss fights, and they're not just like go through the motions, right? Learn the pattern. They are. They do throw you for a loop. They do make it interesting. They do sort of have silly just silly like the what the one where you're in with all the coins is the best way i can describe it um mm-hmm. just where did that come from was not expecting it like that is an incredible boss fight um, the one where um you don't even fight the boss yeah you defeat them by making them spend all of their departmental budget on budget. trying to kill you that's it until their department goes bust it's um yeah, it's brilliant. So clever. So uh, clever. So, f- But everything is done in the service of it being fun and silly and, you know, it's not po-faced in any way, shape or form. And that is what I've need- needed from a game like, yes. for a long time. And this just nails it. And, um, and there are at least two uh, really, really tastefully inserted and, and quite subtle uh, Twin Peaks references. So just, <laughs> yeah, love it. But yeah, there's, there's, I cannot find fault with this game, and for it to just come out of nowhere with no hype and be that good is just rude, in my opinion. So yeah, it's yeah. um, if would have been my number one, but for one other game that was just phenomenal this year. So yeah, High Five yeah. Rush, absolutely incredible from my standpoint. Make a sequel. Oh, that will get please. That That's got to please make a sequel. Yeah. Um, because the reception's been absolutely insane. Um, how this isn't high on other people's like not not on your guys' list, but like kind of just generally like critics wise. I don't know. Um, I haven't really been paying attention to other people's lists to be honest. It got nominated for a bunch of things at the Game Awards, only one uh, best audio design. Um, but again, like that's not just the soundtrack that obviously you've got the split where you can have original music or licensed music. But the, yeah. the way that they've chopped it and made it work for the game and on the everything on the beat and those choices of those songs to engender the emotion in you of what's going on in the scene, like you said about the cafeteria and Invaders mm. Must Die. And it's just, there's just perfect audio choices for those moments. And yeah, yeah. Just, just everything about that game just feels like it's, they've obviously made decisions and all of them are right all of them are a big tick yeah it yeah. um it ticks the game feel box oh god yeah sure it feels just so tight um yeah, yeah. really good game great game um oh, my number two want to go back and play it again <laughs> so that's your number two um my number two is uh the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom um yeah. which I think any other year um, Tears of the Kingdom would have been uh, everybody's 
everybody except Nick's um, <laughs> game of the year. Uh, I think like it would have swept like the game awards and all the other publications and whatnot. If it wasn't for a certain other game coming out, then Tears of the Kingdom would have been game of the year because it takes everything that was so great about Breath of the Wild and expands on it in such interesting ways. So taking a map that you are familiar with and then making it unfamiliar and expanding on it by like uh, adding an entire underground area that is as big as the overworld map, uh, which is his which is his own thing of like navigating a pitch black environment. It's it's like here's uh, here's those surface level Zelda, and then if you feel feel like it, you can drop down to the underground area and play survival horror Zelda if you'd like, and then. <laughs> Uh, a, a collection of like sky islands uh, up in the sky which like navigating around those is its own thing and the, then they they drop the like the absolute the coup de gras which is like the well, you like people liked having fun with the physics engine in breath of the wild and they gave they gave us some tools which allowed us to mess around and People use those tools to break the game in ways that I don't think the developers ever imagined, and it was brilliant, and it was hilarious, and people were still finding hilarious ways to break that game right up until Tears of the Kingdom came out. And then Tears of the Kingdom was like, that's real cool. How about if we put in like a Ratchet and Clank-style uh, building mechanic where you can build vehicles, uh, automatons, um equipment anything that you can think of um pretty much and people have built pretty much everything they can think of and for a good long while people were using those building mechanics to torture koroks uh in genuine hilarious ways because you find these koroks around the world um uh that have like they're too tired to get to their friends and like help me get to my friend and they let you pick them up and you can stick them to things and that meant that like oh okay well then i'm gonna stick this korok to a cross and then set that cross on fire <laughs> and put that burning cross on the back of a of a, a vehicle that i built and then drive through the the countryside with a with a korok on a burning cross and uh or like build a catapult that like just fires the korok over to where it needs to get to or whatever um and people built just like for a while um scrolling through twitter and tiktok and stuff like that it was just clip after clip after clip of some of the absolutely bonkers shit that people have built and uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's so good it's so clever I've, I've i haven't even touched on like the actual game itself um which is again, it's an improvement in pretty much every way over Breath of the Wild, which I didn't think was even possible. I think they would, I thought they would have to like build something new from the ground up again because Breath of the Wild was so revolutionary um, for, for like not just for Zelda games, but for the genre as a whole. Like other open world games are still playing catch up mm. with what Breath of the Wild did in what 20, 2017. Um. So 2016 2017 whatever ring. but yeah uh well no I mean, in terms of like red dead redemption tried to uh, incorporate some of like the survival elements and stuff like that but like in terms of like yeah elden ring is a good example actually of just being like here's an open world go and explore it 
We're not going to hold your hand at all. Elden Ring was a great example of it, actually. And other developers have tried to catch up with where Zelda was in 2017, and then bang, they come out with, with Tears of the Kingdom, and like the goalposts have moved again. And it's like, oh, fuck, what do we do now? And I've got to say, we said it, we said it last time, or we said it earlier when we were talking about it. Um, feel so sorry for Guerrilla Games, because twice mm. they dropped a Horizon game in the shadow of a Zelda and they got absolutely tanked. I was going to say, I, um, I had that, I've played that game, um, and it's not even come close mm. to a top 10, let alone a top 15. It's um, no beautiful to look at, but my God, that is a boring, boring slog of a game. And Tears of the Kingdom is anything but boring. Um, yeah. I've, I've put in dozens and dozens of hours on it, and I will put, I'll put, I don't know how long. Um, I, there's still huge swathes of the map I haven't explored. I haven't explored most of the underground area, um, but I, I've. It's just it's it's incredible. It's fucking incredible. Uh, I know you don't care, Nick. It's fine. It's not for you. It's not for. It doesn't have to be for everyone. People might not get on with like the breaking weapons mechanic and stuff like that. Oh, what I was mentioning actually, like the the whole. Um, uh, not uh, not only that they introduced like the building mechanic, but they introduced like this whole fusing mechanic, which is like take a weapon and fuse it to anything, anything in the world uh, that you can think of. Um, so uh, you you take like um, you know those flying bat things, the keyses, right? And when you kill them, you get their eyeballs. Okay. Um, if you combine one of those with an arrow. The arrow becomes a homing arrow, oh. or if you combine an arrow with like a snowberry, then the arrow when it hits an, an enemy, it freezes them. Or like take a shield and put one of like the rockets on it, fuse a rocket to it, and then when you like press the left trigger to bring up your shield, it engages the rocket and flings you up into the air. <laughs> and then like you can like engage like the slow down bullet time for flying flying arrows or whatever. Or put a flamethrower on your on your shield or put a, a cannon on the end of your like stick or anything like that. Like the, inv- the, the sheer, uh, the number of tools that it gives you to be inventive is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, I've got to stop talking about it because I could go on all night. Um, <laughs> and we have other games to talk about, but yeah, tis the kingdom is a masterpiece and like, I said after Breath of the Wild, we say I I don't know where the fuck they go next. Mm. I don't know what they do next, but I'm sure whatever it is, I'll be like, I can't believe can't they've done this. Can't keep putting more icing on the cake, can you? <laughs> I can't believe they've done this. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyway, nice. let's move on. Uh, Nick, hi. Now this is a mystery. We've revealed all of our top fives to everyone, to, to all of ourselves in the shared document here. But Nick's being sneaky, yeah, and he's not revealed what his number two or his number one is. I'm gonna be so this is going to be a genuine surprise. I feel, I feel like there's going to be like this. Might even be a genuine surprise to me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't even know yet. I'm just going to flip a coin and right see what now. Comes out. Flip a coin. Okay. Uh, okay. So my number two game of the year is a game which is probably going to be appearing on quite a few people's number one game of the years, and Ooh. it is 
a sequel to a very old game, um, which was made more than a decade ago now. Here we go. By a Swedish company called Remedy. Oh. It is, of course, Alan Wake 2. Nice. Hang on. Was American Nightmare wasn't more than a decade ago, was it? I don't count that as canon. That's the only one I've played. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show before knows how much I fucking love Alan Wake. I don't really need to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Wake Two is a very interesting sequel, not in that it is the same as Alan Wake 1 in that it's a completely different game to Alan Wake 1. Uh, Alan Wake 2 they have completely reinvented what the game is uh, which is so incredible to me. Um, It's almost two games in one. Like literally they they genuinely could have released this in two disparate parts Mm. and major like buy both halves and and it would still be incredible because it is two games um in alan wake 2 it sees you go back to bright falls uh, as an fbi agent called saga and she is there to investigate um the disappearance of alan wake and, and other things that are going on there as as we all know from the first alan wake it's just a weird place mm-hmm. um so yeah, and she kind of gets sucked into it. Alan Wake Two somehow reappears into the world and flips back and forth between the normal sort of Bright Falls and the Dark Place, which is what we sort of saw in the Alan Wake One. Um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah, yeah Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and everything. But no. Um, so when you're playing as Saga Anderson, um, the game is very much a detective game. You look for clues and you have a mind palace where you can go to and put clues on the board and connect the dots and figure out what clues fit where and draw high um and draw um like ideas from that and she you can also think about and figure out what to do next and what different clues mean so that is it's completely like a really cool um detective game when he plays Alan Wake, it's effectively more of what the original Alan Wake was, but with less... I want to say it's more refined gameplay than Alan Wake 1. Um, Remedy, as we've talked about before, have learned from the past decade in games that they've made since. They've learned from Quantum Break uh, and, in particular, um, Control. I think you know they, they learned massive amounts in that game. And this... Alan Wake plays a lot more like Control does, um, but with way more interesting things. Um, There's a scene, a scene, there's a level uh, which is set in a hotel and you have to go around the hotel and Alan Wake's effective skill is writing, obviously he's a writer, and you can write scenes differently and they will completely change that room or the layout of that room into different what you need you can fit the scene to what you need it to what Alan Wake needs it to be to continue and get out if that makes sense 
so it's kind of piecing mm-hmm. all of that together to get out and then progress the story um yeah uh without giving too much away it's it's just absolutely phenomenal um and i i've always wanted a sequel to alan wake for obvious reasons and i never even dreamed it could be this good if i'm honest so um say it all the time remedy are an incredible studio and they get better and better with each release uh and even though i said it about control i think this is their new pinnacle um i would you know what we've just been talking about with zelda you know every time they do it you say oh this is amazing it's the best thing ever how are they going to top it um you know let's wait and see i suppose but yeah alan wake 2 is my number two game of the year I won't go into it here, um, but I'd highly recommend you listen to the latest episode of Remap Radio if you haven't already. They have a really, really good discussion on there about like Remedy as a company and like how they keep on <sighs> their their business model and like how they keep managing to make the games that they do. Hmm. So like um alan wake one was a uh, was alan wake one a microsoft exclusive yeah it was xbox yeah. 360 it was, it was originally an announced exclusive. as a P- playstation 3 exclusive yeah and then they get to make and then like max Payne 3 was like with rockstar i don't know yep. how yeah. much like, they did what they, they didn't have that, much then... i think they just had like executive producer credit on yeah it. and it then um quantum break thingy. quantum break was another Microsoft. Xbox thing. They, they get pumped like a bunch of money pumped into them because it was Microsoft TV um, Studios. It was uh, the dearly departed Don Matrix plan <laughs> to make the Xbox uh, TV as well. Um, Don Matrix not dead. Um, <laughs> and so they pumped a bunch of money into them for that. And then like Control kind of like, I don't know where the funding for that came from. Was that an Epic Games thing? A I launch, think it was Epic was Game exclusive yeah, at launch, so yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. PC, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, um, same deal with um, Alan Wake, Alan Wake 2. This is like another Epic. It's, it's, it's literally just like, uh, it, this exists because Epic are so desperate to, to like, get get one over on steam yeah <laughs> it's just uh, this it's 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 uh they keep managing to get games made because rich people want to use them in a pissing contest essentially <laughs> um which is yeah it's kind of interesting um i will also say alan wake 2 has possibly the most fun scene in a video game i've ever played i was i my I don't know how wide I can smile before my my mouth sort of like rips through my cheeks, but I was getting quite <laughs> close in a particular scene. It is going to be interesting going forward as well how they tie together all of these IP now that they're all one connected universe, considering that they don't own all of them. Well, do they not own they... Max Payne? Well, they don't own Quantum Break. Quantum Break. All right. And Quantum Break is part of that universe, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think Quantum Break um, is the one that they've not really, I guess, for for that reason, they've not really done much with. There's a few. No. There's a few. It apparently, exists hints. in there. Yeah, there's a few hints at it I've seen, um, and quite subtle nods as well. But, mm. um, yeah, nothing explicit. I think. Yeah. 
I will. I'll get around to playing this at some point, but I feel like I have to slog through Alan Wake one first. Yeah. What I'd say. Um, I mean, or I'm not going to say don't YouTube do video. that. I would say just watch the cinematics on YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could just do that. But uh, there are so many like weird and wonderful moments in Alan Wake one that I think mm-hmm. you would appreciate. There's, uh, they they made their an entire um fake um. Uh, twilight show. zone yeah there's an in, there's an entire like 10 episodes of a fake twilight zone show they made right that's in game you just find tvs and you stand, stand there watching for a five minute episode of uh the quantum zone which is like their twilight zone it's incredible mm. uh there's so many like nods to twin peaks and x files oh, and yeah. oh it's just so good yeah. so good it's like sci-fi um weird everything everyone like you know it it is effectively kind of your dream if you love all that shit yeah excellent another um sam lake is another another video game author yeah uh all right should we do this should we bring this ship home do our number ones yeah Go on, Andy. Andy. Mm. Andy, you still awake? I'm awake. You still awake? Andy, tell I'm us awake. what your number one game was that you played in this year. Okay. It was another award episode. Um, best games ever. Batman, Return to Arkham, Arkham Asylum, the remastered version of the original PS3. This is on the PS4. Now, so we went into a lot of detail about this game um, in the previous episode. Um, but for me, it's probably, out of all the superhero games I've played, the best. Um, it's um, linear, it's tight, the story, you know, it's got the classic Joker. It's got Batman voiced by Kevin Conroy, Joker voiced by Mark Hamill. You know, it's, it's got a wave of nostalgia from the animated show. Um, it keeps its storyline very concise. It knows what it wants to tell. Yes, it does get a bit OTT. You know, at the end with Joker and the... Um, I can't remember what it was called, yeah, it but kind the formula. Of poops the bed a little bit with the with the last boss, but um everything up to that yeah. point is a very tight you know, it's yeah. a very tight story and very tightly designed in that things very Metroidvania, you can go back and you're always backtracking yeah. and crisscrossing over different levels that you've already been through before and stuff. It's um yeah, very clever. Yeah. And but none of it feels like Unnecessary. None of it feels like oh, I'm just doing retreading. It's not a chore, is it? Of the previous level. No, like some games I've done before, they feel like real chore. This one doesn't. Um, Arkham itself has a real vibe about it. Um, mm. The game progresses as the story progresses. So there's going to be with when Poison Ivy starts infecting the whole place itself, and mm. you know. So the game progresses, Batman's costume gets ripped, you know, the detective mode, yeah. what you have to do, you know, 
um, solving some puzzles. Then the guys you face, like Killer Croc, you know, that's real, you know, I remember first playing it, real scary moments. Um, mm. And also just the way you deal with um, bad guys, I just love, you know, you can put it in detective mode, you can hear the heartbeats as you take them down one by one, they're getting scared. Yeah. You know, the little audio bits that come out from them. Everything's just really, really on point, you know. And that's what makes it the most enjoyable game of 2023 for me. Um, yeah, loved it. Great pick. Absolutely love it. Yep, and it's, it's an absolute level. banger. Yeah, yeah so that, it's one of those games very much like we were talking about with the Zelda games where it's a brilliant first, you know, proof of concept. And then for me... Yeah. They then build on that, and then City just knocks it out of the park. I think that's the mm. one. If I went back to play one of those Batman games, I think City would be the one I'd go back to. But Arkham Asylum is a very close second. Yeah, it's a great game. I, I think I will play City. I might play it next year, yeah. but I think Arkham yeah. Asylum is the tightest, probably tightest story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the best. Uh, the, the the later games got more um, more polished, obviously. Uh, and introduce some interesting mechanics and stuff like that, but they just became just baggy and just mm. too much. Like, and you got to the point of like Arkham Knight, and it's just like, come on, man, it's just too much here. Um, <laughs> mm. as Arkham Asylum is just the perfect like 3D Metroidvania, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, real and good. that combat real system good. as well, you know, yep, yeah, yep, deal, real good. Um, all right. Let us hear for the last time from our dear friend Adam. Here he is with his number one. And my number one, Tears of Zelda, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And this will come any surprise to anybody who might remember Breath of the Wild. It builds on Breath of the Wild in a great way. Um, it's super interesting. It removes all the the powers you had in Breath of the Wild and gives you a new toolkit. When you first start the game, you kind of almost feel hampered by not having that toolkit but ultimately by the end of the game you've grown and you've learned how to craft things with one of the tools you've learned how to manipulate um spaces in a completely different way with one of the powers so yeah really good um one thing they really did well which i like is made some of the villages a little bit more living and breathable there's some really good side quests in some of the villages that took up so much of my time like i was at something like 50 hours and i hadn't even touched a single dungeon um being on the switch helped with baby in the house it was just one of those that yes i will happily admit that i stayed up later than i usually would just to knock out like two hours of um tears of the kingdom each night um so that collectively added up like i could get like 20 hours done in a month um so it was a long burn took me a really long time to beat played it throughout most of the year yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, without a doubt, my number one game that, that I played this year. There's a lot of bangers I know I missed. Uh, Alan Wake 2 is sat on my backlog, ready to go. But yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Congrats. Ah, uh, Adam, oh. as ever, a man of culture, picking an excellent <laughs> number one game of the year. Nick is rolling his eyes so hard right now. Um, yeah, it, it very... It came very, it came very close to being my number one. The uh, worst thing well. is, if I actually um, played it and enjoyed it, I just like, what would my oh, character man. be? 
I don't it's know. just my like, thing, isn't it? I think you might explode. I don't. I don't think you'd like it. If you didn't like Breath of the Wild, this isn't gonna. It won't change your mind. Um, <laughs> what What if I play Breath of the Wild again and enjoyed it? Oh my <sighs> biggest heel turn ever. That's what I'd I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'd love. Stranger things love have happened. Yeah. Nah. I like if, like, if what there if was a mod, played Alan if there was Wa- Alan a Waken mod liked it. to remove the weapon deck, I'd give it a go. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Here we are again. Mm. Um, all right, let's not get into the argument. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, <sighs> near unanimous. The all three of us have got mm. the same number one, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing you've got the same number one as well, Nick. You still haven't revealed it to us. My number one. Yeah. yeah. I want to know what my number one is. Pippa Funnel. I mean, I know what your number one is. Stop fannying uh, about. Uh, Paw Patrol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bluey. <laughs> the Bluey game. Yeah, there's a Bluey game. Um, have we been this... Has it, has it been this much critical consensus between Last us on like year. what is the number one Elden since... Elden Ring. Yeah, what, Elden, was Ring. Elden Ring. Okay. Elden yeah, Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same three people as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, fair enough. I I wondered whether it would like the last one would have been. Uh, I think the year before um, was quite mixed. Hitman, yeah. I thought would have been the last one when we were all. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I think Hitman was the, was the was the last one where like where like four people all said yeah. it was their number one because yeah. Hitman's fucking perfect. Yeah. Um. All right. Nick. Hi. Tell us, tell dear listeners what uh, yours, uh, mine, and Chazzy's number one game of 2023 is. Our number one game of 2023 is, of course, Baldur's Gate 3. Hell yes. Yes, mate. What a game. (laughs) What an absolute stonker. I feel like you could literally just mic drop and like we don't. <laughs> I can't begin. I can't begin to explain everything that makes this game incredible, but it has raised the bar for what RPGs can and should be in the future. Mm-hmm. The amount yeah, of choice. I'm. The amount of choice that you perceive that you have, I think is probably Mm. what I want to say is because you don't necessarily, you can't do anything. It's, it's a D and D campaign where you are being railroaded, but you don't feel like you're being railroaded. That's what's clever about it. Yeah. But it's, it throws so many situations at you that, uh, uh, and it's like within the parameters of a video game, which is always going to be limited. Yeah, yeah. If you can think of a way of getting through that situation, the odds are that the game will let you do it. Yes, yeah. and that's what's clever about it. And it's like it's factored into it. Like, yeah. For example, in Act Two, when you're in like the dark place, if you take the overland route to the the main section in the next section there's a bit where you go into this building and there's like this weird demented surgeon character 
and here's like a cabal of weird nurses and they're all um disciples of uh what's shadow hearts god again oh shah or something shah like shah yeah. yeah or whatever or whatever his name whatever name is and it's like you can talk your way out of that situation. You can fight your way out of that situation. There's a bunch of things you can do, but one of the things you could literally do is through the power of dialogue, you can convince this guy to kill himself uh, <laughs> or to be murdered by his own nurses and then let them murder themselves. And it's like, there's just so many. It's like, I, I can't, there's a clip of a, a big streamer. I can't remember who it was. Um, it was doing the rounds on Twitter. After Starfield came out, and because Starfield and this came out not that far apart from each other, and it's and and I bet Todd Howard <laughs> so pissed off about that because the reception to Baldur's Gate three could not be further away from the reception to Starfield, um, and it was the the fact that like um, he was talking about how like when when you come across a situation in that game, if you can think of a way through it. Uh, within the realms of what a video game will let you do, Baldur's Gate will let you do it. Yeah, Starfield yeah. never does. No, uh, and that's what separate. That's what raises it above not just like you know dross like Starfield, but above like every RPG that I have almost every RPG that I've ever mm. played. Um, I just love the fact that like, I've I've always wanted a, a, to play single player D and D campaign. Yep, on, on a computer. Yeah, you know, and this is as close as I'm ever going to get to that experience. Yeah, there's always going to be, you know, you're always going to be inside of some some kind of restrictions in some way because you know proper D and D, it's just limited by your imagination. But this is a very good facsimile of that experience within a certain set of rules and parameters and that's what i adore about it, is that i'm not going to say that it's the closest you could possibly get because i don't know what larry studios are doing next but it is the closest that anyone has ever gotten that's yeah, yeah that's probably a better way of, it, of describing of it like yeah you uh, know like, and like just like a brilliant to play on your own as an rpg even better when you play it with your friends right oh in, in co-op like the yes. amount of times, I mean, we have gone through scenarios, not uh, multiple times, not because we want to, admittedly, but we've Oops. been through multiple scenarios where we have taken completely different ways to sort those situations out as a group, you, you, you know, and they're just as fun one way as the other and just as mind boggling that you can get away with it or not get away with it, or, you know, like, I just, it's just that have, having that that feel of freed a certain amount of freedom to, you know, and, and not knowing, in most video games you're going to know, well, if I do this, this will happen, you know, it's a video game, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and then with one the encounter, we, we will walk away. In this, you don't know. You know, you don't know what the ultimate outcome of, you know, slaying this person. You meet someone on a route and you decide you're going to have a chat with them. Suddenly they turn into a massive monster and you kill them. That could have far-reaching consequences further down the game. You don't know. Um, 
and that's what I love about this game. It's just, it's always keeping you on your toes. It's always either taking you left or, you know, it's not just taking you left at the traffic lights. It's taking you left at the tra- traffic lights, over the roundabout, down the lane, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just just wonderful. Like, the, the, the writing is incredible. The voice acting is superb. Um, there's so many characters in this that I care about and want to keep in my party just because... I want to know what they're going to say next. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, just, just bonkers that you can have this much depth. Yeah. um, In in, in a CRPG. And the fact that like, what is essentially the same story can play out so wildly differently Mm. depending on your playthrough. So like my main playthrough on my, my first character is very different from how, our joint playthrough has gone yeah. through so far. And then I've got another one where I'm playing like a pure evil character. Yeah. And that is so wildly different from the the other ones. And like, yeah, I mean, there are other RPGs that are as inventive, possibly a little bit more inventive in certain ways than this. Things like Disco Elysium, which mm. does some things that no other CRPG has done before, uh, like, like, or at least any CRPG that I, that I know of. Mm-hmm. But just like in terms of just nailing what it feels like to be playing D and D, and also just a variety of shit that goes on. So, like in one yeah. play session, I um, searched for like body parts of a murdered clown for a drag queen necromancer uh i got into an argument with with a um with with a a very angry rat um i pissed off a sorcerer who turned me into a wheel of cheese and (laughs) and this was all in this is all in one play session and then i fought a boss who was singing his own boss music yep right And and this is the thing that i love is that you've had all those experiences I've not had any of those. I've had completely yeah, You'll have had ones. completely different ones. And and we can talk about the same all three of us can talk about the same game and it can differ so wildly. And that's what I love about it. It's just 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 awesome. It's insane and like I uh there was a lot of like interesting discourse around mm. this game when it dropped because there were some unfortunate tweets and also some misunderstood tweets that were floating around on the internet from developers saying like this shouldn't be seen as like the new standard for uh, RPGs because like Larian's situation is a little bit different than others they've had the time um, and the breathing room and they're independent to be able to spend as long and like an extended early access period as well to be able to make this game um Knowing that they, you know, because they were comfortable, because they brought in a lot of money from the first two Divinity original Sin games, yeah. uh, and for a lot of other developers, that's not the case. But like, uh, for indie developers, yeah, I absolutely understand that. But like, for AAA developers of RPGs, I'm specifically thinking of those poor bastards at Bioware who were working on the next Dragon Age Dragon game. Age. Oh my god, yeah. The bar has just been raised so high that, like, if you don't come, cl- if you don't come somewhere close to it, then oh, your game's going to be viewed as a disappointment in comparison. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with games like Baldur's Gate, and we had Elden Ring last year. It's a game mm-hmm. which 
raises the stakes and of what a game in that genre can be. Mm. And I think yeah, it's proof of concept, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and every developer in the RPG space now will be or will have been will have played Baldur's Gate 3 mm. multiple times by now and will be thinking how do we incorporate yeah. at least some of this magic into that because yeah if they don't then you know i mean it's just it's that comparison every game rpg from now on until the end of time or until the next massive you know game that's similar yeah. will be compared to Baldur's Gate 3 just like every open world game was compared to Breath of the Wild will be compared to Elden Ring mm. Um, you know, it's it's the cycle of of gaming, and God, yeah. it's great. It's, I love it. It's just I can't an incredible wait to story. Next. It's just an incredible story. You like? You, have you read all the bits about like Microsoft passing up on it? Yeah, it was an early access for Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, because they and thought kinda, it was like a yeah, it would be like no a niche hype. game that no one would play. A nerdy yeah. PC RPG. Yeah, who plays and those? Then suddenly, just through work, sheer world of mouth when it when it launched. From early access into yeah. the main game, it's so absolutely exploded. It's sold absolute gangbusters, and it's like it's not just that it's like uh, like a really well received game that's sold particularly well and has like won a bunch of awards. It's like, it's almost like a cultural yeah. moment because like I can't think of the last time a game like this had like like made like the 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 voice actors for the characters instantly become like overnight tiktok such sensations clever, such a clever marketing and like and that, not just not just not the, off the back of the lady who plays um the get get throughout what's what they called uh he plays lazelle lazelle yeah, yeah she uh, kind of did some tiktoks um, and then it kind of blew up and then they realized it was a marketing opportunity and they like they've all jumped in on it and like the guy who's a historian now twitch streams and streams on tiktok playing the game as himself yeah and then they did they decided to do like the live um like live D&D D&D. one shots yeah. with the uh, the origins actors that was incredible uh really worth watching um but it's like everyone who's involved in this like uh i've been um following recently uh beth park who is the uh she was like the um uh, casting director mm. for the um, for, for Baldur's Gate, so she cast all of these these uh, these actors in their in their roles and stuff like that. And it's just like it's made you know people not just the voice actors but other people involved in the games like uh, like overnight stars and like people yeah. have such affection for these characters That's and it. the actors who portrayed them and the people who brought them to life. It's and it's because just, they're written and acted so well. So, yeah, there's a so level, well. There's a level of quality. This is the one thing with this game is that you can tell it's just dripping in quality in every area. Mm-hmm. You know, from the yeah. voice acting to the writing to the mechanics to, like, it's like the, the design. The, the um, best performance story. category at the Game Awards, uh, rightfully, in my opinion, won by Neil Newborn for, um, yeah. for Astarian. But that literally could have been all, uh, every, every nominee every could character. have been someone from Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. All of the Origins characters, uh, multiple like NPCs. My uh, my personal favorite character, Raphael, the the devil character that you meet on and off throughout the, the yeah. game, the, like the sort of Faustian devil character. I fucking love. Um, it's 
it's a it's an absolute masterpiece it has raised the bar mm. uh and <sighs> yeah it's like it's like when you watch like a perfect piece of like prestige tv and it comes to an end and then you look at like other tv shows and you're like oh i can't be bothered none of these are gonna be as good yeah and like i've had to i've had to uninstall Baldur's gate from steam because like i would go to play stuff that's on my backlog and then oops i slipped and i'm playing Baldur's gate 3 again (laughs) i had to uninstall it because it's it's like i can't and you've gone all the way through it once that's the thing. I've gone all the way gonna, through it. Yeah, I've gone all the way through it twice. No, there you go. There you go. Twice, through it twice. You want to go through a third time? It's yeah. It's just, and I bet, but going through both of those, even though you know, you know, to a degree, what's going to happen, bet they've still it's still been different. There were two completely through. different playthroughs. Yeah, and completely different. Yeah, it's just so. It's just so much content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's mad. Like it's absolutely yeah. mad. It's, um, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's it, it, in a weird way, it feels like a cop out. Oh, yeah, we're calling, we're, we're naming Baldur's Gate uh, uh, Game of the Year, same as everybody else's. But it's like, yeah, but there's also, there's a reason why everyone's. Yeah, but the uh, thing is, it's, it's just, everyone's just, Game of the Year. Just for the fact that we, we as a three, have had so much fun together playing that game, yeah. it has yeah. to be number one on our list. Just yep. outside I mean, of all the other cultural nonsense, everything else, we've had so much fun with that I mean, game. the main thing as well is that our campaign hasn't even scratched the surface. Oh, oh no, no we need it. to get back to it. We need to, it. Get we back need to, to really do. so bad. Yeah. 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 Let's book in some time this Christmas and play some more. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, off the back of playing this game, we resurrected a, a D&D campaign, you know, because we were into it that much. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it's just so inspiring in, in on so many levels. Uh, yeah. Just, just yeah, it's what it, it's one of those games that once every decade just comes out and just smashes it. Yep, and um, yeah, it's an it's a wonderful game. And Xbox right. gamers, it's it's finally uh, launched on Xbox now, so uh, you don't have the excuse of oh, it's not on my platform, I can't play it. It's on it. It's you've got it now. Yeah, because so, so now that's that's another thing, right? That, this was a PC only release, right? And it's done yeah. absolute numbers. Right? It was on. Uh, it launched on PS5 like a month oh, later. Did as it? Well. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there you go. But like yeah. it was just Xbox. It was like Xbox yeah. wanted it on their service. I wanted it on their system so bad because like they went from like oh, we don't want it, but it's like this going to be a niche PC game to we want this on us on our platform so bad we're going to break one of our cardinal rules to let it mm-hmm. on because one of the rules was. Yeah, feature parity between Xbox Series X and Series S, and they couldn't get split screen co op working on the Series S. Oh yeah, so they couldn't that. put the game on it. And Xbox was like, "Do you know what? Don't worry about that rule. Yeah. We just want the game on our platform, please." Yeah, Xbox Live Arcade, um, <laughs> like they even sent Xbox. they even sent a bunch of engineers to Larian to help them do it. They were so desperate to get it on their platform. Not surprised because they have got a history. It's so that. good. But like what I think is incredible is we're having effectively the same conversation we had last year of pretty much what Chazzy said a couple of minutes ago of this is like a once in a lifetime this is incredible smashing it out of the park we'll never see another game like this in in that in that space yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I mean 
even even in gaming, you know, we were saying last year, you know, oh, Elden Ring's great. I don't know how anything's going to top Elden Ring. It's going to be incredible. It's incredible. You know, next year's going to be crap for games compared to this. And we're here talking mm-hmm. about another fucking mega year and this masterpiece at the top of it. Mm. Like, you know, gaming is in a good good space at the minute for in now. terms of games. <laughs> yeah. Just, just see what happens when all these diminished teams... Uh, you know, are asked to uh, crunch out something else. But yeah, well, let's see what happens going forward. I really hope we don't find out that they crunched at, um, at, uh, at uh, uh, Larian. No, no um, absolutely. No. But yeah, no. Um, yeah. Like you say, the, 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 stand, the standard at the moment of top tier games is, 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 is incredible at the moment. And um, <laughs> can mm. it, I just hope it can keep pace. Yeah. Yep. I just I hope that um, Wizards of the Coast don't take uh, Wizards of the Coast don't do the stupid thing uh, at mm. this point. And I hope like if they want to make another Baldur's Gate game or another just game in the, the universe, and leave them just alone. let Larian do it. Yeah. Don't think, oh, everybody liked this D and D RPG. Let's start our own studio and make one. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. I'll be honest. Let Larry and know what the money's there to be able to do that. Larry know what they're doing. Let them do it. Um. Anyway, we should (laughs) we should stop uh, because we will go on all night, and it is it is late on a school night. (laughs) Yeah, mate. We've got to wrap this up. Yes. Um. Monday. So that was our. uh, Those were our best games of 2023. The best games we played this year. Um. It's been an incredible year for gaming. Uh, not an incredible year for game developers, as we mentioned in the last episode, but in terms of games that came out, fantastic. Um, based on, you know, uh, not so much the stuff that I saw in the uh, Game Awards show, but definitely some of the games I saw in the um, uh, Day of the Devs stream. There's going to be some interesting games to look forward to next year. What's that one we're both excited for, Nick? Oh, one that's set in fictional so Barnsley. So glad we're here or something. So glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. saw that. That looks so fucking good. If you um, go out and watch um, on the YouTube, on the YouTubes, mm-hmm. uh, the the developers for that game have done a few videos. Um, oh, okay. Watch them because like there's one where they introduce like their studio and who they are. It's just two guys and they're called yep. Coal Supper. That's the name of their studio. Yeah. Um they they've got a like two minute video where they introduce themselves and what their game is. Go and watch it, it's hilarious. I get mad like League of Gentlemen vibes from it. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, from the the uh the awards the other day, that new game from uh Hello Games, the No Man's Sky sequel that's all sort of Oh fancy. yeah. Please don't overpromise, please. Yeah, just don't overpromise. Don't overpromise, but yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, if that's anywhere near half decent, I'll be well up for that. I did enjoy the sort of Twitter thing around that of like someone told Sean Murray before, don't go and overpromise the world beforehand. And then Sean Murray goes on stage and goes, We're basically making Earth. (laughs) Oh, Sean, he can't help himself, can he? I'm up for that. Yeah. Um,. Star Wars Outlaws is out next year. That Ubisoft uh, oh open world God, Star Wars it? game that looks that looks it looks at least fucking good. Star yeah, Wars by the... Outlaw Delay. 
<laughs> what is the over under uh, on that? Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's um, but it's made by uh, Ubisoft Massive. You know the the um, Ubisoft Massive uh, division team. The, the division yeah. team. Uh, so yeah. high hopes for that. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's oh, plenty of on. good stuff to look forward to. Skull and Bones. You know what? I watched. <laughs> I I watched the um, the gameplay, the gameplay reveal trailer where they went through the gameplay, narrated by the voice, uh, uh, like the the dungeon master from Baldur's Gate Three. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've so got to say, it's about dungeon. Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate is about the narrator. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyway, she's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. Um. Uh, Skull and Bones looks quite good. Oh, it's I, watched, I watched the gameplay. That's a YouTube. I watched the gameplay. For, look, look. I said it looks quite good in this Ubisoft trailer. I'm, I, I fully expect the reviews to come out and say like, it's just vapid. It's there's nothing here. It's fucking wank. Can't believe this game took ten years to make or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, the trailer looked alright. I know. Anyway, we've got to wrap this up. Um, okay. Gentlemen, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure podcasting with you and playing games with you over the last year. Um, thanks for making my 2023 a little bit more bearable. Uh, I look forward to chatting to Love you and too. playing games with you in 2024. Uh, thank you, dear listener, yeah. for sticking with us this year. Um, look forward to more podcasts next year. We'll have new games to add to the um, LGR Hall of Fame. There's been rumblings about doing a deep dive into the uh, Deus Ex entire, like the whole franchise playthrough. Oh yeah, um, we did it. We uh, talked about Dishonored as well, didn't we? We did talk about Dishonored as well. I was absolutely up for, play, for 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 playing those and, and talking about those. those again. Yeah, um, and I'm sure Andy will find more absolute garbage fucking movies for us to watch. So uh, <laughs> me, it's not my fault. The last few. Don't we all blame me? All right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> We're all as bad as each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for listening. And uh hope you have a lovely Christmas or had a lovely Christmas. And uh, have a wonderful New Year. And we will talk to you in 2024. Ta-ra. Um, Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.